Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the Biobuilder podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan Siddiqui, and today I talk with Meghdad Hajimarad, who also goes by Amin. Amin earned his bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Iowa State University and his master's and PhD degrees in electrical engineering from the University of California, Berkeley. Amin is currently an associate professor at California State University. He first got involved with Biobuilder way back in 2010, where he worked on developing lab content and synthetic biology workshops for undergraduate students to get exposed to the general aspects of synthetic biology. In today's episode, I talked to him about the influence Biobuilder has had on his teaching now and how the Biobuilder curriculum works with the various students he's taught. So let's dive right into this episode. I'd love to hear about your time with Biobuilder before it became Biobuilder. How was that process like? What was your involvement? What projects did you work on? And I'd love to just hear uh, a bit of uh, a bit of that story. I did my graduate work at uh, Cal, and my formal training has been in electrical engineering. So I did my undergraduate education in electrical engineering. Went to Cal with that electrical engineering mindset because I didn't know really uh, anything else to do. Uh, So uh, I completed the master's in electrical engineering. And then when I was then transitioning to, towards the PhD, I came across this uh, faculty member at Cal, uh, Jay Kiesling, who was uh, talking uh, about synthetic biology, which I didn't know anything about at the time. And just putting out interesting ideas uh, as to how maybe we can utilize frameworks and concepts from other engineering disciplines to doing something similar in biology. So that kind of attracted me uh, to the field. And I basically decided to join his lab for my PhD. And at that time, Jay and some other faculty members had put together a proposal to NSF, which led to SINBERG, the Synthetic Biology Engineering Research Center, which had a lot of thrusts associated with it. And one of the big thrusts of SINBERG was the whole education component. So if folks are to make a important uh, change in people's mindset as far as, okay, biology perhaps can also be viewed as something that can be engineered. We need to definitely have that education component so that we can develop future minds uh, in, in that direction. So uh, Natalie uh, and some other folks were, were leading the uh, engineering for us. So I was just kind of minding my own business, uh, doing my graduate work in, in Jay's lab getting kind of funding from Simberg and uh, I had developed an interest towards teaching and I became aware of a summer opportunity, if I'm not mistaken, summer 2010, that uh, there was interest for graduate students to apply towards with the objective being whoever gets admitted into this uh, uh, project uh, would put together some material for a summer workshop uh, for students that would be coming from Prairie View a and University, which is a historically a black uh, college university in Texas, to get them uh, exposed to the general aspects of synthetic biology and then hopefully allow them to do some summer research projects. Uh, so in, these in are all undergraduate students regardless of first year final. Okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, actually had a pretty important impact on my, my future career path really was this summer experience because up until that point in time, I had developed an interest towards teaching, but the 
primary you know, students I was dealing with were Cal students uh, because that's where I was studying. So I was just a TA uh, for, for courses that the professors were teaching there. And so I, I, I don't want to say all, but, but a good number of students that are at Cal, they're, they're coming from uh, backgrounds, uh, history where they've had a good number of opportunities uh, uh, at their disposal. And not uh, everybody, uh, you know, ha- has access to those opportunities. I would say I uh, am also privileged. I, I think I had a good amount of access to those opportunities growing up. Uh, so uh, I was fortunate enough to, to get accepted uh, to, to take on this uh, summer w- workshop with Kevin. Uh, so Kevin uh, was a graduate student at MIT at the time. Uh, so he was also uh, there with me working together. Uh, and so this was my first uh, opportunity to actually work with students that really were very talented, but maybe hadn't had all those opportunities growing up. Uh, and so when it came to developing the, the material for, for that workshop, you know, at that time, uh, because of my lack of experience, I was going about putting together that workshop, you know, Kevin and I, with again, this mindset, okay, you know, we, we've taught before, so then let's let's put this uh, coursework together. Uh, and then as we were going through uh, teaching it, uh, we noticed, you know, the students were, were getting a, a good amount of material, but there was a disconnect at times. And one of the students, uh, uh, which I really appreciate, you know, looking back, actually pointed out to us. Uh, so for instance, we, we had a lab and we had written the, the protocol for, for the students to, to go through to do that lab. And, you know, uh, even though, you know, Kevin and I, we thought it, it had been written, okay, uh, uh, it, it wasn't uh, as easy of a task for the students to actually do it. Uh, and what ended up really helping them out is for Kevin and I to actually demo it uh, to them. Uh, and, you know, I remember at Cal, usually if you just give instructions to students, uh, they, they couldn't care less if you demo it or not. They'll, they'll just kind of hit the ground running and do it. Uh, and Really, that opportunity was one of those first times where it actually kind of hit me that, you know, you, you can't just go about teaching things uh, in such a way where you're just putting out information and then expecting the student to connect the dots and do it. Uh, especially, you know, if, if students are coming from different backgrounds and maybe haven't seen a lot of this stuff before, uh, but they're very talented, but they just haven't seen a lot of it. So they don't have that practice. So that visual demo uh, comes in handy. Uh, so we... we uh, put together that workshop, uh, 2010. Over the course of doing that workshop, which took place at MIT, uh, I had the fortunate opportunity of actually meeting uh, Natalie. Uh, and ever since then, really, I've uh, had connections teaching similar workshops, synthetic biology oriented. After that summer, I did more and more similar workshops. Simberg, with Simberg being the main title, but my understanding is that really BioBuilder ended up coming out of uh, those uh, great efforts Natalie and others had led uh, uh, under the educational thrust of Simberg. Uh, so I feel fortunate that maybe I uh, played a very small part uh, in that back in 2010. I also wanted to ask, what was these early workshops or, or labs? What, what was the lab content? That beginning workshop Kevin and I put together, because the objective was to instill in students some skills that would then hopefully allow them to carry on for the remainder of the summer to do a research project in synthetic biology. Our primary objective was to hopefully have them develop the basic lab skills in that one week workshop that we had. So it was primarily focusing on 
just exposing them to the general aspects of cloning, uh, what a plasmid is at a high level, and how you can perhaps use restriction enzymes, uh, digests, uh, PCR techniques to come up with a construct that would then allow you to enable your organism, such as a bacteria, to have some new functionality that it, it ordinarily would not have. So it was more focused on that. Quite different, I would say, than uh, the, the BioBuilder curriculum that I'm aware of at the present day, which I think is much more awesome. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, back in 2010, it was mostly lab-skill development, I would say, the, the emphasis of that workshop. Let's fast forward to 2018. Uh, when you started with, I, I think that's when you first started with the BioBuilder curriculum as right. it is today. Where were you teaching these workshops in 2018? Where was the location and who were, who were the students um, that were coming to the workshops? Like high school students or uh, university or a bit of a mix? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my uh, current position, uh, I primarily have teaching responsibilities during the fall and spring semester. So I don't have official responsibilities for the summer. So when we were getting close to summer 2018, I was just kind of uh, searching LinkedIn and other places just to see if I could find the summer opportunity to keep myself occupied. And I came across a post that I think Natalie had made for there being an interest in a teaching fellow to, to come and help out teach some of the content of BioBuilder uh, that summer. I just uh, re- reached out to Natalie seeing if there would be an interest in, in, in me participating. And, and one thing led to another, uh, and uh, I was uh, privileged to have the opportunity to, to uh, take part in, in teaching some of the BioBuilder curriculum that summer. And as far as the location goes, I actually went to uh, Cambridge. So it actually took place in, in Lab Central. Uh, and I was super amazed at the uh, setup that they had put together at Lab Central. So I think it's a super awesome uh, structure that they have where you have a classroom setting, and right next to it, you have a lab setting separated by a see-through glass uh, type of uh, structure, uh, which really uh, lends itself well, in my opinion, uh, to this whole engineering mindset. Uh, because you know, for, from my point of view, engineering is all about building. And there's only so much you can do from a theoretical, conceptual point of view in a quote-unquote classroom setting. So having the lab and classroom basically right there next to each other, it basically allows you to seamlessly transition from one setting to the other. And I think it really does an awesome job of instilling in students the, the true power that engineering uh, and building uh, allows uh, in, in the biological uh, setting. So uh, it was in the lab central setting and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to be there for a good number of weeks. So they had different programs uh, BioBuilder did uh, that summer. So I think we started off that first week, if I'm not mistaken, with a program, I may not remember the exact name, but it was a program in coordination with the Whitehead Institute, if I'm not mistaken. So they were primarily middle school students and they spent uh, a week uh, at BioBuilder getting some additional exposure to some SynBio stuff. And then in parallel to that, if I'm not mistaken, we had another program with uh, the Cambridge Summer Mayor's Employment Program, something along those lines. So we had the opportunity to also interact and, and uh, expose some high school students from the Cambridge area to, to SynBio. Uh, and then there was another two-week portion later on that summer where we had some international students come and take part, which was super awesome. Uh, so it was a good mixture of, of different students from different backgrounds uh, that summer. And I, I feel privileged and, and fortunate that I had the opportunity to, to take part in that at Lab Central with, with BioBuilder. And, and Natalie was 
basically leaving the show there. And so I was just a minor helper, uh, uh, hoping that I wouldn't sink the ship. Uh, but uh, it, it was a super, super awesome experience. You had the opportunity to teach, you know, middle school and high school, as well as uh, teaching at Cal State, um, as, as well as not just American, but also international students. Mm-hmm. And I think you each sort of different group of students would have brought their own challenges. How has BioBuilder influenced your approach to teaching just in general? So not to any particular group or not to uh, uh, teaching in, at a university, but just how you approach teaching in general. How has BioBuilder influenced that? Sorry, it's also not a very specific, it's a very broad question. Uh, broad questions, in my opinion, are actually good ones because you can then take them in various different angles. So it's, it's exactly. very open-ended rather than very it's narrow. It's an open-ended. Yeah, yep. it's an open-ended. Um, uh, I would say at least one important uh, component uh, or aspect that it really had a positive impact on me, in my opinion, at least, uh, uh, is somewhat in line with that experience I had back in 2010. You know, before this summer experience uh, in, in 2018, I really hadn't had a back-to-back-to-back a teaching experience right right after each other with with different really student populations and and it kind of does necessitate you know somebody to adjust let's say the the approach that they take because you are dealing with a different age group uh, and, a, and a different uh, population so one of the uh, I think important components of BioBuilder that still uh, allows you to do a great job of uh, connecting with, with students coming from diverse backgrounds is really that emphasis that it places on doing. Uh, and I think that Lab Central setup is just really, uh, I can't really think of a better setup that one could have. So I would take that any day myself uh, to, to teach. So uh, you can just at any point in time seamlessly take students into the lab uh, and put into motion, uh, put into practice the, the, the types of things that you're talking about. So then students can actually see uh, with their own eyes, hey, it actually does do what this teacher is saying it does. And then you uh, as the student can actually do that with your own hands, uh, figuratively uh, in certain respects, but also literally in certain respects. But, but just that sense of ownership and being able to see it pretty much in real time uh, because of the whole seamless uh, transition you can have from classroom to lab uh, was super awesome. Uh, So it's a little bit more difficult when I don't have that lab central setup as I'm sure most people don't have, but but really one takeaway I I got from that 2018 experience was, you know, the more you can actually just incorporate live demos, even in your quote unquote typical lecture goes a long way. Uh, and so, yes, I may not be teaching synthetic biology courses uh, in my uh, normal teaching job, but uh, we, we do have a good number of portable electronics that we can just connect to the computer. And then these days with Zoom, you can just quickly share your screen. Uh, so I've noticed, you know, incorporating just these live demos uh, in class, which I would do even in the past, but now just having more of it uh, because of the positive impact I observed in, in 2018, uh, I would say is kind of one uh, important thing that I've learned from, from BioBuilder. Uh, another thing that I learned back in 2018 kind of goes back to the fact that we had really different populations uh, coming in back the back to back. Anything you can do to have the material relate to uh, a student's liking and interests uh, really goes a long way because you, you want to develop that sense of ownership. So as a, an example, you know, one of the exercises that we did earlier on uh, uh, in, in those BioBuilder workshops 
a lot of students don't have a background in the traditional lamp setting, so they need to learn about uh, pipetting. Uh, I think uh, Natalie had had the great idea of just giving you know a color dye to to students, and then they can use the pipettes to come up with artwork. Uh, so you know, on the surface, uh, it may not seem like a microbiology type of experiment. In my opinion, it is. I mean, you're still having students practice pipetting skills, but from the students' point of view, they're also allowed to now put into that experience, inject into that experience, a sense of themselves. Yeah, uh, and sense so, of ownership. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, we have people putting together art pieces that really had nothing to do with synthetic biology, which is perfectly awesome because the, really our, our selfish uh, objective was just to get the students comfortable in using the pipette. Uh, so, so then, you know, if, if they're interested in using the pipette to come up with a piece of art that resonates with them, awesome. Uh, and, and so, you know, the, the lesson learned then was, you know, try to come up with experiences, environments where students can have this sense of belonging because, you know, students that haven't really had uh, opportunities or exposure to synthetic biology or just biology in general, I think it can come across as a scary ordeal when you're now just going in there saying, okay, you know, we're, we're, we can engineer biology and this is why it's super awesome. Uh, it is super awesome, but at the same time, it can be scary for somebody who really hasn't had any prior exposure to this. So if you can create an environment where initially, you know, you're having them do things that are in line with that ultimate goal, but they develop that sense of belonging initially, uh, you kind of can pull them in and hopefully keep them there uh, and have them enjoy that journey more. So that was another thing that I uh, learned from, from that 2018 experience, which again, wouldn't have really happened uh, unless we had those diverse populations, which uh, is a super awesome thing that uh, I uh, applaud BioBuilder in doing, but they want this whole mindset of synthetic biology, biology can be engineered, to be instilled in everybody, not just the very selective few, but to read a very uh, to reach a very broad audience. So I uh, uh, hugely applaud uh, the different efforts and programs that they have in in bringing in different populations. What aspects of the BioBuilder curriculum itself um, to some of the labs within the BioBuilder curriculum? How is the, what aspects of that are sort of beginner friendly and what components help give students, give new students who don't come from a biological background, a sense of ownership and you know, confidence that, hey, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about biology. I think one example was, you know, with the artwork and the pipettes, mm -hmm. or a few other examples from the BioBuilder curriculum itself. Uh, another one that uh, I just really was just excited about, uh, which kind of dates back, I think, to one of the very early iGEM projects uh, uh, was uh, engineering uh, the bacterium uh, E. coli so that it doesn't smell the the way it normally smells and uh, maybe takes on the scent of a banana or, or some other um, thing that, that you would like to have the bacteria smell like. So what I'm trying to uh, convey here is uh, I, I think, you know, experiences, lab exercises like this, where again, a, a student really doesn't need to have a huge biology background, we all, you know, have experiences with the sense of smell. So, you know, you having a exercise where you're just telling students, hey, you know, we, we would like to engineer something now that 
has a different smell to it, I think most people can relate to that, whether you have prior biology background or not. Uh, and I think having something like that as one of the early uh, exercises, lab uh, experiences that BioWilder does have to this day, I think is a huge, again, a way that you can kind of pull in students. Uh, and I just fundamentally think it's a super cool project uh, because it now opens one's creativity. Okay, if I'm able to get it to smell like a banana, maybe I can also get it to smell like something else, something else. And then that further triggers into you, okay, let me now perhaps go and look at the DNA sequence that I would need to bring about this smell versus that smell. So you've kind of opened up that door now uh, to allow students to just go in there and continue this exploration. And it all began with just something that I think most humans can relate to, the, the scent of smell. Uh, so I would say that that would be another example. And then a bigger thing would just be not everybody, uh, including myself, you know, has access to facilities like Lab Central. Uh, so if we are to, to reach a, a wide, broad audience, we, we also need to allow folks to be able to do exciting synthetic biology, biobuilder-oriented activities in the setting that they're in. Uh, so I think it's it's been super awesome that BioBuilder has also collaborated with uh, organizations, companies to put together kits that really doesn't require much infrastructure on the user's end to actually be able to do these labs in your own, let's say, personal setting. Uh, so I think that's a additional uh, super important uh, contribution that, that the curriculum of BioBuilder has uh, because it, it's basically trying to make just basic synthetic biology concepts and techniques open to all. Not everybody really can can afford uh, facilities like Lab Central. Uh, and uh, Natalie and the, the leadership of BioBuilder have just consistently been very generous with all of their educational materials. So you can also find that. So just this whole sense of community, uh, sharing of information, um, sense of collaboration, and creating activities where anybody really can take them on and having these activities that people can relate to even without much prior biology back background, such as the pipetting for artwork, the scent of smell. I think all of those combined, I think are huge contributions that BioBuilders has had on just kind of getting more and more and more folks excited and interested in this stuff. What was the, I guess, the first relationship you saw between engineering and synthetic biology? So this probably would have been while you were doing, while you were finishing up your undergrad degree or master's, et cetera? No, it's a good question. Um, and it kind of ties back to uh, me having mentioned earlier, like I feel like I'm one of the privileged and having had opportunities yeah. growing up. Uh, so, you know, both my parents, they, they're actually molecular biologists. So they're, oh, they're, nice. tr they're, they're the traditional life science uh, type. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I think growing up, I grew up, in an environment where you just hear nonstop DNA cloning. <laughs> uh, so, so I think it was just ingrained in me, whether I like it or not, that <laughs> this stuff is cool. Uh, yeah. Now, um, once I started university, I did gravitate towards the doing engineering side of things. Uh, but I wouldn't lie, uh, biology has always just been with me, I think primarily because of just my upbringing. So when I heard about you know, Jay giving his talks about synthetic biology uh, and, you know, him putting out there these goals and objectives that, hey, you know, we can try to bring about a foundation where you can actually engineer these things similar to how we engineer computers. Yes, it's a very grand uh, objective to have, but to me, in my brain, 
it made sense as far as 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 far as like theoretically it should be possible. Uh, so so then I, I think it, to me but it was to get like that a, hypothesis. Yeah, it's like a super cool uh, journey to go on because you know me I have this engineering background. And then because of my earlier, younger years, I, I had kind of this fascination for biology. So now why not try to marry these two? So that, that really is what got me down uh, uh, this path. Yeah. And BioBuilder really took it to the next level. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, really, yeah. if it wasn't for BioBuilder, uh, you know, the, the 2018 experience, I would say, was a stronger uh, impact on me than the 2010. But really, both of those together, if it wasn't for those two experiences, I really wouldn't have had uh, well, maybe I would have had it in a, in a different uh, context, but yeah. But really, uh, it was those two opportunities that put me out there to start to engage in a teaching context with really, really talented uh, students, but but students that I ordinarily wouldn't have interacted with because you know I've primarily come from research types of universities, um, yeah. and, and so it kind of opened my eyes to to that because there. There is a lot of talent out there in the world. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of that talent isn't given the opportunity to show it. Uh, and, you know, if it wasn't for the 2010, 2018 experience, it wouldn't have kind of hit me that, you know, if you're trying to reach these folks, you can't just go about teaching the way you normally, quote unquote, teach at R1 universities. Uh, and it requires you to change your approach and, and yeah, so it, it, it's just now gotten me down a path of trying to do more and more of that stuff and uh, try to just be a better educator. So there's, there's still a lot for me to learn, but I'm, I'm very grateful for just this being made visible to me so that I'm aware of this now so I can hopefully work on it. Thanks once again to Amin for joining me today. As someone who's interested in a future teaching career, I found the following quotes from the episode very insightful. The first one being, anything you can do to have the material relate to a student's liking and interest really goes a long way. And try to come up with experiences and develop an environment where students have a sense of belonging. I think this episode will be very useful to any educator out there looking for ways to enhance their teaching methods or looking at new ways to connect with their students. And I think this episode also gives an insight into how accessible the Bible curriculum is to people of all educational backgrounds. So whether you're a computer science or arts student or teacher, this episode will show you that you can engage with synthetic biology as well. If you would like to learn more about anything Amin and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.